hey, real quick, I just want to give you scripture. Just listen, or you can turn there if you have a Bible. It's Matthew chapter 15. And it, it, when you look at the entire context, and I don't have time to really kind of break all of that down, but it had been some kind of day for Jesus. Uh, he had had a situation with the Pharisees, and in the beginning of this chapter, they had came to him and said, why, why do your disciples break the traditions of the elders? And they don't wash their hands when they eat. And, and he answered them and said, well, why do you break the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? And then he goes on and, and then he says some other strong things because it just, they were just so stubborn in their ways. And Jesus went on to say this. He said, this people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me teaching as doctrines the commandments of men, but having nothing to do with God. And so he, he, he moves on, and in verse 21, this is our context for this evening. In verse 21, it says, And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and begged him, saying, send her away, for she is crying out after us. I believe the writer totally meant that she was crying out only for Jesus. In verse 24, he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, it is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Hmm. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And then Jesus answered her, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. My message is titled, give me the crumbs. Turn to somebody real quick and tell them, give me the crumbs. I know it makes you smile, right? For me, when I, I thought about just even the title, it took me back to my childhood, growing up with my two younger brothers, not that much younger than me. But in our home, we ate good. My mom can throw down. She's right there. She cooks that real good food, that, that down-home Virginia food. But I, I recall always eating everything that was presented, but I also remember very specifically the nights that we had fried chicken. <laughs> Ain't nothing like mama's fried chicken. And I remember we would eat our first plate of food, evenly proportioned, amongst my brothers and I, and we'd eat that first piece of chicken, and we always weren't quite sure whether we'd be allowed to ask for seconds. Some of y'all might remember the back in them days where, you know, you weren't sure whether mom and dad wanted to save food for tomorrow or whether you could actually have seconds. But I remember just nibbling at the crumbs that were still on my plate because that crispy chicken, them, them crumbs from the crispy chicken, real good. And you didn't waste a single crumb. 
and we'd give mom and dad that look like, can we, can we have seconds? And then we'd have another piece of chicken, and sure enough, same thing. we just going at them crumbs because the crumbs were the evidence of a really good meal, and the crumbs were the evidence of someone who knows how to cook and provide. The crumbs were that very thing down to the last drop that just pleased your belly, made you happy, and made you smile. You were, you were satisfied with the crumbs, even down towards the end. And now even today, now with my wife, Lord have mercy in the name of Jesus, God has bestowed upon her an anointing in the kitchen to be able to do the supernatural. Hallelujah, can I get an amen? And when she makes her cornbread, Lord have mercy. And myself and my son and my two daughters, we go through that cornbread in one meal. And we'll find ourselves still reaching into the pan and taking every bit of the crumbs because it's just so good. It, it just, my wife has this way of making your cornbread feel like cake, like just like the, the butter, uh, the sweetness of it all. And just, can, can, can I get another amen? It's just, and it just, and we, we, we just, we just digging our hands into the crumbs because the crumbs just get us so excited. And, 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 the, and even, even the crumbs are a celebration of how we've been fed and how we we are full, and I, I can't get enough of the crumbs, and we dare not waste the crumbs of the cornbread. That is not going in the trash. And we just clean that pan right on out. The crumbs don't always, don't always represent the trash or that which is not worth it. Not in this story. He shows up into town and a Canaanite woman, a Gentile woman, desperate for a miracle, desperate for a healing, desperate for somebody to help her daughter. She's severely oppressed by a demon, a demonic stronghold. And I don't know whether she tried any other things to remedy the pain and the oppression of her daughter. But in this passage of scripture, we have a woman, not an Israelite, but a Gentile woman. A woman who many would probably assume is somebody that doesn't know who Jesus is or somebody that doesn't know Old Testament scripture or somebody that doesn't know the ways of God. But this woman knew enough that I got to get to Jesus and I will not stop until I get to him. And we have this incredible story of a woman who is crying out in faith. And she comes and cries out and she says, Lord, son of David, have mercy. Have mercy. And she's crying out. And I, I, I imagine Jesus standing here to my right, your left with his disciples. And I imagine her coming into the scene from a distance. And she's weeping heavily. God, help me. Oh, Lord, she says. You see, Lord represents his power and authority. And then she says, son of David. And son of David represents this very truth that he is the Messiah. 
is the deliverer of his people. How in the world did she know that? But because of her faith, she calls him out, Lord. She calls him out as son of David, the Messiah. And she says, have mercy. I need your divine assistance. I don't deserve it, but would you be merciful? My daughter is oppressed, severely oppressed by a demon. I imagine just the tears streaming down her face. She doesn't care who's watching. She doesn't care what people think. She doesn't care who knows what about her background. She doesn't care who knows about her story and her past and the fact that she's a Gentile woman. I just need this man to show his mercy. And the Bible says that Jesus, I can imagine staring at her, not saying a word. I can imagine the, the challenge of being willing to, to just even stay there when you don't even get a verbal response. And instead, the disciples, they just speak up and decide always, as they often did, attempt to speak up for Jesus. Oh, Jesus, come on. Come on. Send her away. And we don't really know that when the disciples told him to send her away, whether it was to send her away with the miracle or send her without a miracle. But either way, for them, it was like, let's just keep it moving. Let's just keep going with the plan for the day. Let's keep going with our agenda. Let's keep going with our schedule. And they were not moved with compassion for this woman. And then Jesus says something. He says, I... I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And I looked at that and I said, wow, man, that's such a strong statement because she's definitely not of the house of Israel. But then Jesus, why would you say that? Because he was, he was reflecting on what he was called to do in obedience to God, but he was also in this position to teach a lesson to his disciples and to you and I, and to also glorify his name through the cry of a woman with faith. And he said, I've come for lost sheep. And in that moment, she could have very well left because she was not of the people of Israel. But faith would cause her to stay. Faith would cause her to believe that I'd rather be in his presence without hearing nothing than go back to this demon that's tormented my daughter. Faith caused her to move forward even closer. The Bible says that even without a word from Jesus, she would still press in. That even though Jesus said something that was completely in opposition to who she was, she would still step forward in faith, believing, I can't go anywhere unless I hear from him. And it represents the desperation of her faith. And scripture says that she, that she actually, she, she, she bends down and she comes down on her knees and she's there right at the feet of Jesus. You got to picture this, 12 disciples and Jesus and maybe other, others standing around and she's now just crying and she's overwhelmed and she says it again, Lord, have, have mercy. I need help. Lord, I need help. And in this position, right? This position represents her desperation. This position, it represents her commitment to, to surrender all to him. This position represents her faith in Jesus Christ. And here she is on her feet, 
on her knees at the feet of Jesus. And you, you look at this and there she is at his, at his feet and he answers. He says, it's, it's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. What? It's not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And when we look at that, just at face value, we automatically say, man, that was very degrading. But he was not trying to degrade her. He had put himself in a position to put her faith on display for the glory of God. He was not trying to degrade her. It was a position of display that would demonstrate what happens when you believe in faith that Jesus can change your life and step in and deliver you and set you free. And watch what happens. We're almost done. And then we're going to pray. She's still on her knees. He just said, that he's not going to throw bread. The children's bread. It's not worthy to be given to the dogs. Because back then, the Jews would refer to Gentiles as dogs in a demeaning way, pointing out their flaws, their evil, their wickedness, their, the fact that they weren't a part of the people of God. But faith stirred up in her to believe that this gospel is for her. In this position of surrender, in this position of faith, in this position of desperation and crying out, she believed in faith that this man has the power to set my daughter free. And I know what the law is, but I know that you love me. I know what tradition says, but I know that you are a God that transforms lives. Because all he was doing was stating the laws and the traditions. She knew that. She wasn't going to argue that. In today's text, it would read her responding and simply saying, facts. <laughs> but I didn't come here based on the facts. I came here based on faith. I mean, she was quick with it. But in humility, oh, Jesus, I know the facts. I'm a dog. I've messed up. I've failed. I'm a sinner. I'm desperately in need of a savior. I've made a lot of mistakes. I'm nobody. I just really just have a really just messed up life. But even the dogs eat the crumbs from their master's table. I love the way she responded. It was a response in confession to who she was as a sinner. It was a response in confession to recognizing that I am flawed and I, I, I have messed up and, I, and I'm, my life is jacked up and, and I, I, I need to get right. But I'm coming to you in faith and I'll just... Just, just give me the crumbs. And here's, here's what's so amazing. She said, she called him the master. And when we look at this in scripture, 
In her faith, she called Jesus three things. Lord, Messiah, and Master. Stay with me. It is a profound moment and revelation to you and I to recognize a Gentile woman who came to this understanding in faith that one, he's Lord, which means he has all power and authority to deliver my daughter from this demon. You are Lord. And if you look at the text in Matthew, she called him Lord three times, meaning I am desperate for your power to come and set my daughter free. And then she goes, she calls him son of David, Messiah. I know who you are as the deliverer of your people, but I'm stepping in faith, believing that I'm your daughter too. I know it says this in the law. I know it says this in tradition, but I'm not coming based on law. I'm just going to believe right now in faith that you love me and I'm not leaving until you bless me. Then she calls him master, which means you are superior. You are in control. I surrender my life to you. I'm not getting up off of my knees until you tell me to go. Because when you look at his responses, he never told her to go. Some of you are ready to walk away and quit without getting that incredible word that calls you to stand up and go in the freedom and the power of Jesus Christ. And I'll stay right here. Give me the crumbs. I don't deserve it, but I'm going to stay at your table. Whether you give me a seat or whether I'm sitting here under the table. But I know that there's freedom at the feet of Jesus. I know that all I need to do, oh God, is just taste and see with these little crumbs that the Lord is good. Oh God, I'm just here and I'm not moving. So give me the crumbs. Give me the crumbs of your grace. Give me the crumbs of your power. Give me the crumbs of your deliverance. Give me the crumbs of your healing. I'm not going anywhere because I'm tired of facing that demon. Give me the crumbs. Wow. Peter, did you see that? James, John, you see that? This is the second time, guys. Great is your faith. Second time. Second time, meaning in in all the New Testament scripture, he only spoke of two people having great faith. Before her, it was the Gentile centurion, another man who knew not the ways. And then there was this woman here who cried out. He said, great faith. Go. What you have requested has been done for you. He doesn't even need to go. He doesn't even need to touch her. Because great faith stirs the heart of God in such a way that it's just simply a thought for God and he acts on your behalf. And scripture says that immediately what she requested, what she was down on her knees for, believing in faith, immediately it was done for her. Faith stirs the heart of God to step in and fight your battle. Faith stirs your heart of God. If you would put your faith not in man, not in your job, not in your boyfriend, not in your girlfriend, not in your husband, not in your wife, not in your children, living out the life that you wish you could live. But if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, 
and fully surrender, you would be able to go and witness the victory and the power of Jesus Christ. That victory, that demon that has oppressed you, that spirit that continues to harass you at night, God is able to set you free from it because of his finished work on the cross. She knew who he was as Lord, all power and authority. She knew who he was as the Messiah, a deliverer. He's going to deliver you tonight, whoever you are. He's going to deliver you from nightmares. He's going to deliver you from depression. He's going to deliver you from addiction. He's going to deliver you from those thoughts of suicide. He's going to deliver you. But you have to make a master. You have to humble yourself and surrender. You have to confess your sin to Jesus Christ. Confess your wrong. But he's a good God. Scripture tells us in Hebrews chapter 4. Listen to me. Tonight, let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. Not judgment. Not condemnation. She knew enough in faith that this is the throne of grace. There's something special about the throne of grace. She knew in faith, I can just, I can dine here and just eat off these crumbs and I know that my heart and my spirit and my soul will be satisfied. Let us therefore tonight, brothers and sisters and whoever you are, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Some of you have been standing here from a distance still waiting for a word. Waiting for this powerful revelation. No, all you need is the good news. All you need to know is that Jesus went to the cross and died for your sins. Some of you have been standing just waiting for your freedom, waiting for your deliverance. And there's got to be some people tonight that are going to fall down on their knees and fully surrender their life to Jesus Christ and watch him set you free from whatever the devil has been holding over your head, from whatever oppression that you've been facing. Enough is enough. If you have a need tonight, don't go out with that need. I want you to be set free from that need tonight. And if you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, if you haven't surrendered like this woman, if you haven't called out on that great name, Lord, have mercy. Messiah, Son of God, my Deliverer, have mercy. Oh, I will come before your table and you will be my master. You are superior to all and everything. You are the victorious warrior. I bow my knee to you. And if you have not done that, you come and experience the freedom and the power of Jesus Christ. But we're going to pray and we're going to believe now that those that have been bound by sin, those that have been held captive by oppressive and demonic spirits, you are going to be set free. If it is a spirit that you have not, listen to me, if it is a spirit or a something that you have not been able to find peace with, then that spirit is not of God. Some of you are going through some things in your mind and you are being tormented. I want you to know tonight that our God delivers and sets the captives free and he's going to renew your mind tonight. But there has to be a cry of faith. A cry of faith like the Canaanite woman that says, I'm, I'm so tired and I come to your feet I bow my head and surrender and say what you want about me, but I know that my God will save deliverance now in the name of Jesus.
in the name of Jesus. I just sense in the spirit that um, some of you here are angry. And your anger has become a prison that you've been trapped in for a long time. For whatever reason, you're just, you're angry. Maybe you wanted God to do something for you a long time ago and he just hasn't done it. Or just, you thought you'd be over it by now, but you're not. And you're just, you're just angry. Oh man. And I just want you to know that Jesus is opening those prison doors and he's walking you out in the name of Jesus. setting the captives free right now and when you walk out of those prison doors you walk right into the arms of his grace and love that you would know the peace of his spirit and he's going to walk with you all the days of your life and he's going to provide healing every step of the way but now you need to take this first step and you need to walk out these prison doors now in the name of Jesus I want every hand to be lifted up right now and those of you here behind our brothers and sisters just extend your hands to them right now because we are believing God for healing we're believing God for deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Give me your hand. In the name of Jesus, I pray right now, oh God, that you would set the captives free. I pray that your Holy Spirit now would move into the heart of every willing soul that believes in faith that you are God. And I pray now in the name of Jesus that the walls of anger, the walls of bitterness would come down. I pray that every person would know your grace and know your love. And I just declare freedom now in the name of Jesus. And I come against every demonic, every wicked and oppressive spirit in the name of Jesus. God, I ask right now that you would do war now against the enemy, oh Lord God. I ask, Lord God, that every chain, every shackle would be broken now in the name of Jesus. God, you set your people free now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you be now like a mighty rushing wind, Lord God, that there would be freedom in the house right now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.